0: Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580, our phone number 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. Glad to have you with us in this hour. Lord, what a day this is. Um, so uh, the drama in the house continues. Um, J.D., Miles, y'all keep me up to speed on what's happening as we continue this conversation. I want to know whether Kevin McCarthy is done. As we said in the last hour, even God rested after the seventh. After the seventh day, uh, it's been seven times now. Kevin McCarthy cannot get this deal done. Uh, these 20 Republicans are holding him up. Uh, but it raises all kinds of questions again about you know how serious they are about this because uh, they're they're tabulating the votes right now and the, the number keeps changing every few seconds. But literally five seconds ago, Hakeem Jeffries had jumped ahead of Kevin McCarthy in the number of votes to become speaker. I do not believe that Republicans. You know, hate Kevin McCarthy that much to let this Negro <laughs> named <Joaquin> Hakeem <laughs> Jeffries become the Speaker of the House. I, I don't see that happening. Not today. Uh, I'm glad he's the first brother, first Black person, period, to lead either party uh, in either House, in either chamber. I'm glad to see that, but I do not believe they're going to be that stuck on stupid as to let this Negro uh, run the House. You you're talking about? You talking about uh, insurrection? There'll be another one tomorrow. Tomorrow is the anniversary of January 6. Let this Negro become Speaker today. And those white supremacists will run up on the Capitol again tomorrow. They will really celebrate that anniversary tomorrow if Hakeem Jeffries becomes the speaker today. So I don't, again, uh, expect that to happen. I ain't holding my breath on that. But it is fascinating to watch um, the happenings in the well of the House. And we will see if he goes for for number eight or whether or not it's time to move on. Uh, But if he does not pull this off, it would be a stunning, a stunning, Stunning and spectacular defeat, uh, a downfall for one Kevin McCarthy. After all those concessions, he still couldn't pull it off. Lord Jesus, we'll see what happens again uh, in the in the coming hours. And uh, I'm only on the air for another couple hours. It may not happen during my watch, but we will see uh, what happens. But stay tuned to KBLA Talk 1580 all day, uh, as we will, like the rest of the nation, of course, be following uh, this particular story. In this hour... The Divine Nine, the history of African-American fraternities and sororities, an alpha man and a kappa man will converse now about the importance and legacy of black fraternities and sororities and how some in the Panhellenic community are creating a hostile space these days for African-American students on certain college campuses who want to join a Greek letter organization. In this hour, uh, the alpha man in this conversation would be Lawrence C. Ross, Jr., And the Kappa Man would be yours truly (laughs) on what is Founders Day for the men of Kappa Alpha Psi. Check your calendars, brothers. January 5th, 1911, uh, my fraternity was founded at Indiana University. And uh, many of you know that I am a graduate of Indiana University, so I had the great honor pledging at the alpha chapter of my fraternity and I take great pride in that uh and I want to thank Lawrence uh for walking in the door and the first thing he said was happy founders day <laughs> so he got he got his mind right before he walked in here uh good alpha man that he is and I responded to him by saying thank you uh for the for the uh happy founders day uh greeting but uh by the same token and I mean this sincerely if you take and many of you are greek many of you are not but just consider this for a second if you take Every alpha man out of the equation, the American democratic experiment falls flat. I said yesterday on this program that I've been asked to be the keynote speaker at the annual King Day dinner uh, sponsored by SCLCLA. I accepted the invitation to be their keynote speaker uh, next Sunday, I believe, not this coming Sunday, but the next Sunday for the King Celebration. I've been working on some thoughts about that presentation, and I I think where I'm being led uh, is to talk about the fact that America is not a democracy. America is an experiment in democracy. We ain't perfected this thing yet, Mm -hmm. as evidenced by January 6th, the anniversary again being tomorrow. America is an experiment in democracy. We are not a democracy. But here's the rub. The real, the true democratizers... Are black folk mm-hmm. at every stage of American history we are the democratizers when and where we enter the whole country follows mm-hmm. and through interposition through nullification through amendment through protest we have helped to make America what she is moving her closer to being a true democracy and these days the challenges of trying to avoid being an oligarchy a plutocracy are real right but we are the true democratizers. What's my point? Glad you asked. If you take the alpha men out of the American experiment in democracy, it just falls flat. Because there goes Dr. King, mm-hmm. there goes Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. Don't let me start running the list. I got an alpha man here who can do it. Give give me some more. Give me some more. Always prepared. Give me some more. Andrew Young, Maynard
1: Jackson. Here in in California, Willie Brown. Uh, Just in terms of the present day, uh, Brother Wes Moore just became uh, the governor of Maryland. you know, we take pride in that. I mean, we take pride in that. And every organization mm-hmm. takes pride. And I I want to make sure that we, we talk about it from the standpoint of just not be alpha century. Because when we talk about how, for example, we looked at uh, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King didn't go out there by himself. That's right. It was Andrew Young, Hosea Williams. It was Je- uh, Jesse J- uh, J- uh, Jesse Jackson, Omega Sci 5 uh, Omega but, Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, So yeah. so we have... You know, you, you there's a famous picture of Martin Luther King right before he was assassinated mm-hmm. and all of his lieutenants are all men of of a fraternity. Mm-hmm. And you know, we could say the philosophy was Bear uh, Bear Rustin. Omega o- Omega Sci Fi. Mm-hmm. He was president of his Omega Sci Fi chapters mm-hmm. of undergrad. So it's the beautiful part about the Divine Nine is, yes, we love our, our flyers. we Back in the old days, we used to call them smoker flyers, mm-hmm. right? Love the list of all that. But one of the things that happens is that um, that list doesn't mean anything unless you're inspired to say that the greater strategy is, I love black people and I want to actually use the organization as a mechanism mm-hmm. to, uh, to show that love, whether or not it's a support or, like you said, the grander um, – uh, the grander look on a political sch- scheme of making America be the promise uh, that it says it is.
0: Mm-hmm. When we come forward, cause we're just getting started in this hour uh, as I celebrate my founder's day, Cap uh, Alpha Psi. And we talk about the Divine Nine, the history of African-American fraternities and sororities and where we are in real time on these college campuses that are uh, in many ways uh, putting up hurdles, making it difficult, offering all kinds of challenges to black folk who want to be Greek. But when we come forward, I want to ask Lawrence a question You may have not been asked before, certainly not by me, and I'm going to answer it myself, which is why you chose to become Greek. Oh, why you chose to become Greek. And I, I ask that or will ask that because there are many people listing who are. Yeah. Right. And others who are listening who are not. Right. Uh, and people who are not uh, Greek have all kinds of notions. Right. Some preconceptions right. about why they think it's a bunch of nonsense. Right, right. So we'll talk about that earnestly, honestly, openly, transparently, trans- transparently if I can say it. So we'll get Lawrence's take, uh, Lawrence C. Ross Jr., on why he became a Greek. I'll tell you why I became a Greek. Uh, and we'll talk again about the history uh, of African-American fraternities and sororities. Just getting started in this hour with our guest, Lawrence C. Ross, talking about the Divine Nine on KBLA Talk 1580. Interrogating your assumptions inventory of ideas let's get back to tavis smiley on kbla talk 1580. glad to have lawrence c ross jr in studio as you know you can uh, watch the live stream of this program any day every day every day uh and uh, it just so happens that lawrence c ross jr is in studio today so if you want to watch the live stream uh hit the kbla tv icon on your app and Presto, you'll see our our handsome visages, uh, this Alpha and this Kappa man, Uh, 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 or go to our YouTube channel and you can watch the live stream there as well. But delighted to have Lawrence C. Ross Jr. in studio as we talk about the Divine Nine. His text is called the Divine Nine, the history of African-American fraternities and sororities. He, of course, an Alpha. Uh, I am a Kappa. And uh, for those of you who are posting and sending me messages uh, saying happy Founders Day, thank you all for those (laughs) kind messages. Um, that said, I I mentioned before the break that I wanted to ask you, why you became Greek, and I because because it's all love. Right. You can let me make a maybe, let me make a two part question. Right. Why did you choose to become Greek, and why did you choose to become an alpha?
1: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you, you, you have to start as my mom always talks about. Uh, she used to my sister's younger sister. She used to always uh, point to us. She, she used to say, uh, "This is my daughter, Shauna, and this is my uh, my son, Lawrence." When I was nine years old, mm-hmm. my black child <laughs> with, the, with, the, <laughs> so, with the fist up with the fist up. Okay. And so uh, I went to a uh, uh, judge. High School, Loyola High School out here, mm-hmm. and um, at 14, we protested, this was before the federal holiday, for MLK, mm-hmm. you know, for a holiday, sure. and we protested, and I led that protest, and that's kind of, kind of always been kind of my activism oh. from 14 years old. And so, I went to Berkeley, and I always joke to people that we protest Tuesday for not being Thursday at Berkeley,
0: right? <laughs> that, that's Berkeley for you. Yeah, <laughs> Berkeley. So, I get to Berkeley, and
1: we're in the midst of, I'm a freshman, we're in the midst of the South African divestiture movement. Mm-hmm. And um, I look around, and in, in my family, my, my my family, my parents were high school grads, but my uncle is a Kappa and my 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 uh, aunt is a Delta, mm-hmm. right? And so I kind of knew a little bit. And my one of my best friends was a Kappa, actually a Kappa too, mm-hmm. and so um, I get to Berkeley and I noticed that the Alphas were the ones in the South Africa divestors movement, like me, Shanty Towns sleeping around, mm-hmm. and so I really loved that. So I got invited to the informational, which we used to call a smoker, mm-hmm. and. I get there and I don't really care about the list of names on the flyer. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm listening to the, to, to everything they're saying. And I'm thinking, this is an organization that matches my social justice. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Jesuit raised. Mm -hmm. you know, SJ means social justice then way before it was popular. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at alpha always being as a vehicle in which I could actually amplify what I want to do for the black community. And so I pledged my freshman year and initiated in 1985. Oh, you
0: went you went in freshman freshman year. year so wow,
1: that's why I tell you that was a badass alpha. Yeah. So, you, <laughs> so went, you went right in, yeah. So so, uh, so I've been an alpha as long as I've been an adult, basically. Yeah. And um, and so one of the things that uh, I chose, and it wasn't really about cho- choosing alpha over someone else. It right. wasn't an either or. Right. It just felt like a personality and fit when it came to the the. Um, the ethos of the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the famous members were simply an exterior manifestation mm-hmm. of the ethos of the fraternity. And then I looked at the brothers on campus. And this is at a time where it's kind of a golden age in California in the mid 80s and the early 90s before Proposition 209. Mm-hmm. We had 30 brothers in the chapter. And so you had the president of the SGA and you had, you know, the president of the BSU. And so these were brothers who were not just saying, hey, I'm a brother of Alpha Alpha. Oh, the other thing was that the brothers of Alpha Alpha in the South African divestment movement never wear letters. Mm -hmm. And so it was, you know, I just learned that they were alphas. And that just kind of really hit me as though they didn't have to wear letters all the time to be able to say something. So, you know, it was and it has been it's the greatest thing about it was that. Uh, as a no nothing, no nothing college uh, young brother, it, it was a, a platform for me to gain knowledge and to work with other brothers who were in the same area of development in order to be able to figure out that hey, you know something, these horizons are mm-hmm. are are limitless, and if you 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 recognize when you're in your fraternity. Uh, Just on a college level, also an alumni level, too. But you recognize when you're in your fraternity that, wow, there's so much more I need to
0: learn. Or sorority. Or in a sorority. Yes, 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 I'm just saying. Yes, there's so much that you
1: need to learn. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's specifically um, when you get to... Uh, higher education, because mm-hmm. for often, oftentimes that's a singular journey. Yeah, um, you know, everybody from the minute you're from kindergarten on tells you you got to go to college, got to go to college, and so you can get caught up in the idea that your your intellect is only for your own self, right? Uh, and for the manifestation of the things that you want, material things. And it's the fraternity and sororities allow you to be able to say, no, this is not just for your own job or your big house or your big car. It's also about your people. Mm -hmm. And it's about your personal development, the people surrounding you, and the people who don't have this opportunity.
0: Um, You said so much I want to go back. No, 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 please. (laughs) That's what what I got now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We got got a lot to talk about as we say around here. We got a lot to talk about. Um, uh, You said so much that I want to follow up on. Let me just say this right quick, though. Um, You put your finger on the pulse relationships yes yes relationships 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 we had George Fraser the great networker on this uh, on this program a couple days ago he was on Les Brown was on uh, on our first day back um, uh, and everybody was talking about relationships Mm -hmm. and that's what makes the world go round and when you become a member of a Greek letter organization those relationships hold you steady. Literally for the rest of your life. Right. That's how. That's how I got a job with Tom Bradley. Right. Yeah. I was a Kappa. He was a Kappa. Yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, he'd been our national poll you mark. You're right. He, right, was right. Our, he was our. He was our national poll mark. That right. just means national president for mm-hmm. those who don't know poll mark that kind of language. Mm-hmm. He was our national president of Kappa, and that connection didn't hurt me mm-hmm. when I applied for a job to be an intern to be an intern initially, mm-hmm. and then went on to work for Tom Bradley, and that's that's how my career got started. Um uh, let me ask you a quick question though, before I tell you my story about why I why I pledged and right. why why Kappa, um, which I promised I would do. Um I'm curious though, Jesuit. Yeah, yeah. Tell, me, tell me about that experience.
1: So the Jesuits are a very interesting group. Yeah. Um and it's one of those things where um particularly when I went to Loyola High School, which is mm-hmm. the oldest educational institution in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the Jesuits really believe in intellect. And uh, they brought in, we we joked about the fact uh, with some of my fraternity brothers, and I mean, my Jesuit brothers, Mm -hmm. uh, black brothers who went to, you know, to Mm -hmm. Loyola. We we joke about the fact we were all smart Catholic boys, but we also. Also fast, mm-hmm. <laughs> so <yes. laughs> and so, and so so we ran track and football. Fast. We was all like, at the same time. So the,
0: the, the only fast Jesuit, yeah, we yeah, was yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Jesuits like
1: like winning in sports too. But yeah. the Jesuits, um, I, I love the Jesuit education. I can almost tell immediately a Jesuit educated uh, high school. Uh, usually it's a boys school college, you, you know, it's co-ed, um, is that they really challenge you for critical thinking, mm-hmm. really challenge you critical thinking, mm-hmm. and they do not mind you coming back at them with a logical argument. Mm-hmm. And I just remember one year, my senior year, uh, we had a, a thing on ethics and we were talking about abortion. And mm-hmm. one, uh, you know, obviously the judgment priest was talking about the Catholic Church's role, and then one of us stood up and said, "Well, but you'll never, ever impregnate a woman, mm-hmm. you know, according to the thing. And the, instead of the priest coming back, he was like, that's a fair point. And we should think about you know, mm-hmm. these sides. So it allowed me to be able to deconstruct the, the sides that seem illogical. And it also, they also kind of give you a mission to go out into the world and deconstruct the social ills with the intellect that you have. So you just can't go about in, into the world thinking that I'm a good person. You have to go into the world and decide, I want to deconstruct uh, the racism or the or the um, sexism or misogyny, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, which is something that's weird is that I will find that – on both sides of the aisle I'm a, I'm a progressive lean hard you know progressive mm-hmm. but I will also find that from conservatives who went to Jesuit schools right. oftentimes they will be very open to arguments um, and that's kind of a trait of, uh, of the Jesuit education
0: since you mentioned uh, being uh, I asked you about it and I'm glad I did you talked about being a black Jesuit in, uh-huh. in particular right. um, a broad question here mm-hmm. what do you think the primary distinctions are the primary differences are between being a black Greek and being a white greek oh, between, so, between that 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 panhellenic yeah, connection the, connect, yes. in black Versus in white, yeah.
1: It's it's you know one, I have studied that because in in my uh, my seventh book I wrote is a book called Blackballed, mm-hmm. which is about racism on college campuses and in particular within the two um, institutions that are we call the predominantly white institution uh, white systems mm-hmm. are the Interfraternal uh, uh, Council and the National Panhellenic Conference. Uh, the National Panhellenic Conference is the white sorority, and then the Interfraternal Council is the uh, white fraternities, predominantly white fraternities. Mm-hmm. So I've met them over a long period of time uh, at different. Conferences And it's usually a mix. And it's remember, I always talk about you find fraternalism where you find fraternalism. Mm. So rem- we always have to remember that we have a lot of black students and mixed race students in particular. Megan Markle, we you know, mm. for example, who grew up four or five blocks away from this studio right here, um, you know, right off Crenshaw, mm. you know, became a member of Kappa Kappa Gamma. Right. And so that. But we we see through a, a white sorority, a white sorority, exactly, yeah. yeah. And but we see through kind of like you know the the documentary that her experience uh, in terms of race. Was one that was later in life versus one that was kind of connected to, um, you know, the experience that I had. Mm-hmm. Even though she went to Immaculate Heart just like Tyra Banks, mm-hmm. you know, Macaleer Heart High School uh, mm-hmm. versus Tyra Banks. So it typically is one of those things we we I think we flatten it a little too much and think that say for example a person in a in a um, in a white fraternity, predominantly white fraternity, oh, they're not you know they're not black and everything like that. I think that was a big mistake. And we when we flatten it like that, we then learn to flatten. Say for example, a person who goes to a predominantly white institution, mm-hmm. and versus an HBCU, and we then say, wait, you know, the person who goes to a PWI versus a HBCU, they're not really for black folks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well. Byron Donalds went to Florida A&M and I'm not sure that he's on our side, yeah. you know, with things. So that's we shouldn't really flatten it that much. But I think the universal would be that the black students who go into a predominantly white uh, fraternity or sorority tend to be ones who are more suburban or who grew up in multicultural, you know, very diverse, um, high schools, Mm -hmm. uh, or in very diverse, uh, communities, uh, neighborhoods or predominantly white neighborhoods. So their natural inclination is this is what I grew up with. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is why I'm here, but they still have the same struggles as black folks everywhere.
0: He mentioned Byron Donald, who he said, I don't think he's down with us. Uh, (laughs) you don't know the name Byron Donald. You may have figured out in the last 24 hours or so, Byron Donald is the black member of Congress, Republican from Florida, who went to FAMU, but he's yeah. a black Republican, right. went to FAMU. And he is uh, on the docket, on the ballot now, uh, as one of the persons who are receiving votes to be the next speaker. So you got Hakeem Jeffries representing the Democrats. Right.
1: And Cap Alveside.
0: There you go. I'm about, to shout, about to shout him out. Glad yeah, you know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. uh,
0: so it's Founders Day for Hakeem Jeffries as well, uh-huh. uh, my dear brother. So Hakeem <laughs> Jeffries representing the, the Democrats uh, on the ballot. Uh, in this race for speaker, uh, Kevin McCarthy seven times now can't get across the finish line for Republicans. But some of those Republicans in that 20 group that have been holding up Kevin McCarthy rep, uh, nominated Byron Donald mm-hmm. out of Florida, this black Republican who went to FAMU. Mm-hmm. So Lawrence's point was he may, you know, he, he's, he's a he's a, you know, went to mm-hmm. FAMU, but mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that. He ain't yeah, Exactly. All, all my skin folk ain't my ain't my kinfolk, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when we come forward, a lot more to talk about with Lawrence C. Ross Jr. on this Founders Day for my fraternity, Kappa. He's a good alpha man. Uh, but he mentioned PWI uh, and HBCU. And I asked him, I want to go whether or not there's a distinction, a difference between the experience that white folk have in the Panhellenic world right. versus what black people have. He answered that question. But now I want to narrow it. Uh, because I remember the first time I left Indiana University as a student to go visit my brothers on a black college campus. Oh, it's fun. Lord <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I might I might have pledged the wife attorney, but I pledged on the wrong campus. <laughs> I see. Now, let me tell you this real quick story. Yeah. My best friend, my oldest. Hold that story. Hold that story. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I want to hear that. Yeah. We're talking about that. We're talking about hazing. <laughs> we're talking about honorary members, which I ain't a fan of. Yeah. We're, talking, no, about we're yeah. talking about that. We're talking about that. Uh, we're talking about those black people who are listening right now who don't get any of this. Yeah, that's okay. I'll still tell you the story of why I pledged and why I chose capital. we just yeah. getting started with Lawrence C. Ross Jr. talking about the divine. Divine Nine on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: Looking for legitimate political discourse without the bear spray? Tune in and speak out. KBLA Talk 1580.
0: He's Lawrence C. Ross Jr., a good alpha man. I am Tavis Smiley, a good kappa man. And we're talking about the Divine Nine, the history of African American fraternities and sororities. I promised you this a moment ago. Um, So I went to Indiana University, IU. Uh, where Cap Apple was founded. And you may know a bit about my story. I'm the first person on either side of my family to go to college. Oh, wow. Either side. First one to go to college. Uh, and um, when I got there, I didn't know what a, couldn't even pronounce it, right. didn't know what a fraternity <laughs> or sorority was. Right. Uh, nobody in my family had ever gone. Right. Uh, And I had no idea what they were. And so uh, you pledged your freshman year. Mm-hmm. I didn't pledge until my sophomore year, right. on the backside of my sophomore year. Because right. I wanted to. Take some time to sort of figure this out, but to your point, you and I were discussing this in the commercial break. What pulled me into uh, uh, my fraternity was not just that it was the Alpha chapter, not just that our fraternity had a house. Wow. Yeah. On fraternity row Woo. with all the big white fraternities. Yeah. We had a gorgeous house. Right. And we were and the way the way Indiana University <clears throat> is laid out, excuse me, we have a fraternity row that ends at a dead end. Right. And at that dead end, right, is the Kappa house. That's sweet. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I I was obviously taking you know I, that got my attention right. and I'd been to a number of parties in college at the at the house, um, but that's not what pulled me in. What pulled me in was as I moved around campus, I was class president in high school. So when I got to Indiana, I went straight straight into student leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I was engaging uh, you know, a number of you know activities and meeting people through my student leadership work, I kept running into these guys who were really impressive. Mm-hmm. Gary. Mm-hmm. Curtis, mm-hmm. Mickey, and all these guys were in this group called Kappa. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? If it's good enough for these Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, how it works. And, and, and they're all achieving, right? doing quite well. right? I want to be in whatever group they're in mm-hmm. that, that is coalescing this group of black male achievers. Right. And then I found out that the dean of students, mm-hmm. who I've become very friendly with, a guy who you knew, right? named Dr. Michael V.W. Gordon Mm -hmm. was also a Kappa. the most beautiful voice on earth. The most beautiful voice in the world. He was a Kappa and was the advisor to the chapter. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that the guy in charge of my financial aid <laughs> the most important person. <laughs> exactly. The most important person was a kappa, right? And I'm like, good lord. So I said, I gotta be a part of this group. And hence the story of my uh becoming uh becoming a kappa. Uh and it's funny how you start this process. Mm-hmm. I have a brother listening right now in Indiana mm-hmm. who went to Hampton and pledged kappa. Mm-hmm. So he had the experience of pledging kappa. At an HBCU. Right. I did it at a PWI. Right. A phenomenally white institution. But I was saying a moment ago that I remember the first time when I was a student that I left my campus to go to another campus (laughs) (laughs) to hang out with my fraternity brothers. And they were on the campus of an HBCU. And I was like, good (laughs) Lord. (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) I pledged the right attorney, but I pledged on the wrong campus. <laughs> so that is the funniest thing.
1: So my oldest – I was talking about my, my uh, story. My oldest friend, who I went to play Inglewood Little League with, six uh, six years old. We uh-huh. went to high school together. Um, so we get to Berkeley together. So I pledge out for my spring of eighty uh, spring of 85, mm-hmm. right? So the Kappas uh, begin uh, pledging the sophomore years, right? Mm-hmm. So he pledges his sophomore year – Fall, you know, fall of, fall uh, of eighty five, right? Mm-hmm. And so he crosses, and we, you know, we were like, "Hey, it's cool, and everything like that." He's like, "Hey, L man, I'm, I'm gonna go to." Howard for six months You know We had a six month a semester abroad I was like Alright cool I didn't see that brother For 25 years <laughs> <laughs> He went With to the Howard the Howard never came he back He never <laughs> came back He was like I talk, I said Michael <laughs> What happened He was like Man I got there I was like
0: Never coming back to Berkeley The bison Yes yeah. but, but
1: you know People always talk about <laughs> The experiences between PWIs and HBCUs And I always have to Remind them Is that It's a You know The founding of our organization it's basically split. Right. You know, it's basically three that are founded at uh, Cornell, mm-hmm. Indiana University, and Butler University. You know, then five at Howard, and then one at. I should, State. Mention, I should
0: mention two in Indiana.
1: Two in Indiana. Yes, IU Semi- and Butler. Semi- Butler. Semi- yeah. Gamma row at Butler. You got it. And the functions of, uh, of fraternity life, Black fraternity life on a PWI, are different than when we're talking about. Um, on a HBCU, just like what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. On a PWI, we have to create community. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to create community. We have to know that professor right over here, regardless if, if there's a professor on campus and he's a member of Omega Sci Phi or Delta Summit, or she's a member of Delta Summit Theta, she doesn't care about me being an alpha or mm-hmm. non Greek or anything like that. She has my back. That's right. She's looking for me. So we have to create that sense of, of community on a campus. And the exact same way if you, you know, live in a predominantly white suburb and you try to find all the where all the black folks are you know at you you find those people on an HBCU the culture is really rich because everybody or the great majority are black people and everyone is really uh you know Kind of centered toward Black culture, and people always talk about, well, you know, there's so many more Greeks on HBCUs. Well, it's really five to ten percent of the Black population on any campus. Mm-hmm. It's just that everybody on a Black uh, on HBCU is Black, so the higher it's going to be a higher number. But on but the problems we have on, on a lot of our campuses is that with the end of affirmative action, particularly on California campuses, suddenly you don't have those students on those campuses
0: anymore. Yeah. And what does that mean for the future of these? Uh- Pan-Hellenic organization?
1: Well, the future is really, I always look at it from the standpoint of there are a number of different things. each generation of students who come on a campus basically have their own POV of what it means to be in a fraternity or sorority and not be in a fraternity or sorority, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as my wife so eloquently, you know, demonstrated to tell me how old I was, mm-hmm. she said, you know where you are now, you know, to a person who's on campus now, imagine you being a freshman in 1985 and someone from 1940 <laughs> coming to say about fraternal life. I said, you didn't have to make me feel that yeah. old, but, but, but we should keep that in mind is that every black generation on a college campus sees a different idea of what fraternalism should be doing for the black community mm-hmm. and that can be different in my mm-hmm. old eyes and we have to go with that and foster a fraternity or a sorority that allows them that room to have a platform to be able to move the fraternity or sorority forward um what does it look like on, you know, uh, on campuses? Well, we always have to make sure that we're relevant. Yeah, You know, we have to all you know, step in and stroll in is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, you know, I talked to one of my friends, also another campus, uh, and he says, oh, you know, you know, Shimmying is fun. You know what? I'm saying? And he said that women like it. And he said yeah. uh but he always says I always I shimmy, I earn shimmying by doing work in the community. Mm-hmm. And that's what we always have to maintain. Yeah. You know, 1911, 1906, 1908, 1914, 1913, 1920, 1922, and 1963. All of those are dates are dates that young men and young women said you know something i can make a contribution through organization yeah. and that's where we have to keep up and 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 realize that
0: is the future of black greek life black greek life then get what you just said yeah. vibrant or sort of on life support it's v-
1: vibrant, but it's, I, I always talk about the fact that it kind of goes up and down like everything, mm-hmm. right? There's always periods of, of lethargy where mm-hmm. you know, no nothing is really sparking anything, but then you have suddenly the Black Lives uh, uh, Matter movement, and then suddenly the organizations see their mission, and it's kind of it's, it's, it's in some ways unfair for us to put on college campuses, mm-hmm. young, young 18 to 22 year olds and say hey, you know something, you have to be Absolutely conscious about what you know we're trying to do, but they because they tend to do it, they tend to be uh, ahead of the game, ahead of what I think is you know important. They they see things before I would, right? And so we need to make sure that our organizations are not just looking backwards; we're looking forward. You know, we have to make sure that when we talk about everything from not just in terms of just race, but misogyny, we need to talk about uh, uh, homophobia. We need to talk about all the issues that affect the black community. We need to make sure that our organizations grow Mm -hmm. in the exact same way. Let
0: me let me run a list of challenges that these institutions face as I see it. Yeah. Beyond the challenge you just laid out, which may be the biggest, Mm -hmm. uh, that we're not as welcome on these campuses and affirmative action as we know it. Is about to end. Yes, yes. They've already they've already had the oral right. arguments. Right. It's just a matter of time before the decision comes out, right. and we're all ain't anybody holding our breath.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: not with this court.
1: Right, not with this court.
0: Yeah. We we expect that on a sixty three vote, um, uh-huh. we're going to end affirmative action right. uh, as we know it, like, including
1: Clarence Thomas who it, came in.
0: Absolutely. His whole life. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 he, he's not a cap. I hope he ain't an alpha. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is not it. I, I know y'all ain't claim I
0: know y'all ain't claiming him. <laughs>
1: oh, he would be. He yeah. would be in the last, the last <laughs> <laughs> name on the list. Yeah,
0: I, I know you. I know you proudly claim Thurgood Marshall.
1: Proudly, he is the antithesis of Clarence. There Thomas.
0: you go. When we come forward, I want to talk to Lawrence E. Ross, Jr. Uh, uh, as we continue our conversation about the Divine Nine, uh, about hazing, yes, and where we are in that regard, mm-hmm. about uh, these uh, institutions, including my own who offer honorary memberships get my take on that and get your take on that uh and i want to talk again more broadly uh about black people who think that we're just a bunch of elitists, you and me yeah. in this conversation right now right right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue when we come forward on kbla talk 1580 we know you stick around this is la's home for progressive talk radio Be
1: heard. welcome back to kbla talk 1580
0: Lawrence Ross Jr., a good question for one of our YouTube viewers. Yep. Why do these uh, black Greek letter organizations tend to be not so much Afrocentric, but more so Greek centric?
1: That's one of the most common misnomers uh, when we talk about uh, black Greek uh, Greek lettered organizations, and the whole idea again is black Greek lettered organizations. It doesn't mean they were black Greeks, mm-hmm. but also even you just look, it, it's it's kind of amazing if you look at some of the the iconography mm-hmm. of the organizations. So, for example. This is 1906 for Alpha Phi Alpha. What is the symbolism of Alpha Phi Alpha? It's the Egypt looking toward Mm -hmm. the east. If you look at Phi Beta Sigma, it's the crescent and the moon looking toward the east. If you're looking at Delta Theta, it's the pyramid looking toward the east. These are not uh, organizations that were looking toward the Greeks. There's Greek lettered. In the exact same way, we're not English. We have... English names, you yeah, know, yeah. and so it's important for us to understand from the very beginnings. This is not a development from the very get, the get uh, from the very beginning. All of our organizations were looking toward Black people as being the uh, the center and Africa as being the center. Ethiopia is how they would like to would talk back in the the early parts of the 20th century but uh Africa in general as being the space
0: we had uh state Senator Steve Bradford yesterday talking about the whole beaches the the whole Bruce's beach yeah saga yes. and drama yeah. we had the big exclusive earlier this week on this on this show right uh, announcing that the family has decided to sell 20. back to the county uh we broke that story earlier this week and had Senator Bradford and yesterday he's a sigma finally yes. a sigma right so, right right uh, give Steve Bradford and, and the Sigma's a shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we cool. shout, we shout everybody else out. Yeah, we, we shout Got to put the name of a Sigma out there. So <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me run through this this right quick. Okay, um, the issues that I see challenging right. Black Greek life, Greek life, in the past, in the present, right. and maybe into the future. Right. Hazing. Hazing. Yeah.
1: The one part where we deal with hazing has always been a problem. Um, And hazing is not an issue that has just suddenly just come up in 2023. It has been happening when you see some of the earliest literature going back into the 1920s. Uh, Langston Hughes talks about, Langston Hughes, a member of Omega Sci-Fi, talks about the fact that when he was pledging Omega Sci-Fi, they found out he was a writer, a big-time writer. And it was like, oh, I took some, you know, some Mm -hmm. wood for that. Mm -hmm. It's a scourge because one of the things, it's a fallacy that we're kind of trapped in this notion that the application process, which is what, you know, the pledge process actually is, Mm -hmm. is, is a, is the validator for your existence in the organization. And if I could say there was an easy answer to it, I wouldn't, you know, be here. But one of the things I would say is that we have the intellectual capacity to actually not haze in our organizations. First thing we have to recognize is that, and we have to be brutally honest (laughs) with each other is that the, The pledge stories that we tell uh, contribute to the culture of today, mm-hmm. which means that, hey, a young alpha on campus, uh, UCLA, doesn't want to be looked upon as Alpha 1B compared to my Alpha 1A, compared to, you know, it's based upon how I pledged. Mm-hmm. So we need to get off that 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 hamster wheel, mainly because if our organizations are about the upliftment of black people, you cannot be about violence at
0: the exact same time. You mentioned Langston Hughes uh, getting in trouble because he was a writer. I had some of that uh, when I pledged. I was on the debate team. Right. And when the Capper brothers found out, my my, you know, yeah, they're gonna use yeah. that. In- they found out I was on the debate. Oh, so this this nigga, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, He yeah. th- he think he better than we. Are. He on the debate team. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. And, then, then you see and, like- I, and I had I had tournaments every weekend. I'll never forget as long as I live. Is, as I came like- back from a tournament. I, I'm, I'm, in my senior year. I won the national championship. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. yeah. So I'm am a collegiate debater, and I remember coming back to the to the house one weekend where I, we were staying, and I was pledging. <laughs> and the brothers met me at the door And they said They said uh, So you think you're going to pledge By correspondence huh <laughs> <laughs> If then <laughs> and they, they, they went in on me We don't yeah. pledge By correspondence around here <laughs> I'm right. like But I'm on the debate <laughs> Shut up yeah. yeah I'm like okay And it's like One okay. of the things That we
1: I always tell uh, young, uh, young folks Is that Brotherhood And sisterhood Isn't about How you got in Yeah It's about I always say It comes from the bottom of your feet Meaning that you had to a community service project and you're tired and you're weary but you're helping somebody else and you get home and you take your shoes off and you feel it at the bottom of your feet that's what brotherhood and sisterhood is our
0: many moments with Lawrence c ross jr when we come forward on kbla talk Let's unpack a little bit more with Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues right now. Right now, Lawrence, you had me cracking up during, during that break. <laughs> he, we were laughing about the fact that I was told, you know, Negro, you ain't going to pledge my correspondent around here. We, we don't do that. He told me a funny story. So, so go ahead and tell it right so quick. So my best friend, my
1: best man at my wedding, <laughs> uh, he pledges uh, two years after me. And at the interview... He comes in and it's thirty of us, you know, as as brothers, and he's just, you know, applying. And he sits down in a chair and he looks at all of us and all in the eye, and he says, "I fear no man." <laughs> and so, and so I said, "Well, Mister, I'm not gonna say his name because he's a professor at North Carolina a yeah. now." I said, You're, "We're gonna test that <laughs> that theory," <laughs> and there was no hazing or anything like that. I but he was it. challenged, and he came out at when he uh, when he crossed, he said, he
0: said. You know that was the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah, so. you, you, you do not you do not walk into a meeting uh, yeah. where, where you try to get online. Yeah. and say I fear no I man. I fear no man. Oh no, we we, we, Negro, we gonna test that. We period. gonna test that. <laughs>
1: so
0: so it was uh, he
1: was what uh, is one of the best alpha man yeah, out there. So
0: I love it. I love it. Three minutes left. Two things I want to cover right quick. Um, my view of this, and again, people can do what they want to do, but my view is I, this honorary thing. Eh.
1: It's okay. It, it
0: troubles me, man. I, especially after what I went through. Okay, well, the other right thing bothers me.
1: Well, man. Well, yeah, Kappa doesn't, I, have, I, I, doesn't, I, I doesn't have We honorate. don't. We
0: don't, right. yeah. But I should have just waited, though.
1: Well, I, <laughs> yeah. well, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's uh, like I, I go back and forth with it. Uh, you know, it, 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 less for me saying, you know, for what an organization does, I would just say this I am way more excited about a. 18 to 22 year old or a young alum, you mm-hmm. know who who becomes who chooses my fraternity, and then we help to it be in the development of it. Sure, like you know you're part of the Kappa Alpha Psi development, mm-hmm. you know as a as a as a college brother, and then you you know versus kind of a person who oh this person is famous and comes in here. But I'm not going to judge how other sure. organizations do it. But like for example. Um, uh, from my college, out from Berkeley, Yahya Abdul-Mateen mm-hmm. is an uh, actor. He won, a, won an Emmy. Sure. Uh, and I felt immense pride because here was a brother, dude, I, you know, when he was a city planner, yeah. you know, he was young brother and he was, he's was like, I'm going to be, an, you know, want to be an actor. And, you know, we encouraged him to do it. Now we're just a tiny part of you know, sure. his development. But I feel immense pride that he saw us as being part of the vehicle. Um, and that is kind of, what I think we should always be looking toward, yeah. you know, I, it, the, the list of—I told you at the beginning—the list of names really didn't matter to me. Sure, sure. Um, it was the ethos of the organization yeah. and what I saw myself as a black man in this country of what I wanted to, to do for this community. To
0: your it's one thing—one of the many things about my fraternity that I that I do like—we haven't got to that point yet where we give out honoraries. Right, I, right. I, I don't—I'm not a fan of that. But but I, I know others who do. I, yeah. mean, I don't judge people by it. And one yeah. of my dearest brothers, and one of the most brilliant persons in the world, is an honorary member of your fraternity, Cornel West.
1: No, no, no. Cornel went through. Uh, did, did he go through the process? Yeah, he went through the process. Okay. We, haven't, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't done an honorary in since like. Since 1920s, okay, so he like went that. through the process. Yeah,
0: I stand corrected. Yeah, stand yes. corrected. Okay, got it, yeah. got it. I, again, and the graduate chapter, I'm I'm cool with that. I right, I'm right. I'm, uh, oh. you know' I'm the grad chapter as an adult, I'm all cool with that. And people don't recognize yeah, yeah. that
1: the great majority of people come into our organizations via the alumni. Right, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I always get people say, oh, they didn't have it on the, on the yard. Yeah. No, we have you know initiation through
0: alumni. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And they're wonderful members in terms yeah. of coming in. That's a it's a different experience from like the college chapter yeah. because you're kind of you know. Forced together to have yeah. meetings. I God, I can't believe that we met every
0: week. Well, I'm glad you told me that about Dr. West. We we have, we always have these conversations. Uh, he 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 and he and Alpha. I'm a capitalist. You can imagine what those conversations. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see the debate champ. Oh, I, I, I love. They're great. Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, he he's the most brilliant Negro I know, so I love it. Uh, I got about sixty seconds left here. Um, for those who've been listening to this and think that you and I are two elitist Negroes, you say what?
1: Oh no! See, you have to understand. I'm from Inglewood, California. My family's bougie, aspirational.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so <laughs> we're a thousand count sheets on air mattress type of people. So <laughs> and I have never ever ever left that. No, I you're, mean, you're bougie aspirational.
0: I'm just bougie adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> you No, know, no, I'm not even adjacent. Yeah, you know.
1: Uh, so we, no, 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 no. I mean, I think in some a, some ways, when we talk about the elitists, I think we talk about you know just access to higher education in the first yeah, place. Right. You know, only thirty percent of Americans get a access to higher education in that's, in real. That's right. But you know, the the point is taken in terms of the idea of of black folks being elitist. You that is a kind of one of the things that can be a bad side if people use that but on the other hand when you look at you know the things that we do you should be able to see there's a lot of members of our organizations and fraternities and sororities who do yeoman's work and do not you won't know that they're in the organizations but they're still doing the work
0: his name is lawrence c ross jr a good alpha man uh the book is called the divine nine the history of african-american fraternities and sororities uh happy founders day to all of my fellow Kappa brothers, and uh, Lawrence, good to see you, my friend.
1: Hey, great to see you. Have you a great Tabby. year,
0: brother. Oh, thank you. Hour three of Tab is After news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.